<laughs> on, on the way to church this morning, a little, a little um, phrase ran through my mind that I had not thought of in years. I hadn't heard it maybe in two or three decades. There, there used to be an expression that we had. We'd talk about young preachers that, um, that were just chomping at the bits to start preaching. And we'd, we, we would say they had the preacher's itch. Anybody ever heard that phrase? Uh, nobody? Oh, yeah, okay. Another preacher over there, <laughs> preacher's wife. Uh, we, 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 they called it the preacher's itch. I, re, I remember when I was a, a youngster, we had a young man in our church. Boy, he was just chomping to bits. He felt like he was called to preach. So the pastor let him preach one Wednesday night. And I mean, he exhausted every bit of his Bible knowledge, everything he knew and could think of in seven minutes. And, uh, and he had a Bible with a zipper on it. And in those seven minutes, he almost wore that zipper out. And he just, uh, he got, got stage fright and it took care of the preacher's itch. He, he didn't want to preach anymore after that. But I don't have the preacher's itch, but I'm telling you this morning, I'm itching to preach. I, I, am, I am so excited what the Lord is revealing to us as we're sharing the word of God and uh, this particular series that I'm doing on understanding the times, it, it really is coming out of a time of prayer and fasting and, and revelation that the Lord has been giving me. And I hope it's helpful to you. There's, um, I, I, I'm going to plunge right into it. I'm going to read the text that I've read every Sunday for the last uh, couple Sundays. Um, several verses of scripture. First of all, from Romans chapter 8, verses 18 and 19. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. Might help you to look at that in the J.B. Phillips translation. He puts it this way. In my opinion, whatever we may have to go through now, is less than nothing compared with the magnificent future God has planned for us. Does that excite anybody in here this morning? God has got such a magnificent future plan for us that it will make everything that we've had to go through in this life not even worthy to be mentioned. That's what's waiting on us. The whole creature or creation, he said, is on tiptoes to see the wonderful sights of the sons of God coming into their own. In other words, the manifestation of the sons of God. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. First Chronicles 12, 23 and 32, these are the numbers of the men for, uh, armed for battle who came to David at Hebron to turn Saul's kingdom over to him as the Lord had said from Issachar men who understood the times and knew what Israel should do 200 chiefs with their relatives under their command three questions that I'm endeavoring to answer in this series of messages number one what time is it and we looked at that a couple Sundays ago and I think that we looked at enough scripture to convince all of us that we are living in what would be referred to as the last days, the last days. However, and I'll, I'll talk about this in some future messages, we have something to do with this thing of the Lord coming. We don't know the day and the hour, but that's not been revealed to us yet. If anybody tells you they know the day and the hour, ask them what that day and hour is and write it down. Mark it on your calendar 
and you can be pretty sure that it won't be that day and that hour. <laughs> those those prognoses has come and, and gone. They're false prophecies, false prophecies, and we don't know. But we do know this, that we have something to do with either lengthening the time or shortening the time. And that's for a later message, and I'll talk to them about that later. But uh, the men of Issachar that I referred to in First Chronicles were men who not only knew the times, but knew what God's people ought to do. And this is important. The second question I want to answer in this series is, who are we? And I really tried last week to help us to realize that we are the righteousness of God in Christ if we've been born again by the blood of Jesus Christ. Not going to be, we are now, present tense, present tense. There, there is so much, listen church, there is so much that we, are, that we are hoping for in the sweet by and by when we die after a while that is available to us in the rotten here and now if we would just recognize who we are in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, so last Sunday, I really tried to help us identify who are we? Who are we? We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We are already royalty, not just going to be, we are. We are priests and kings with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We will be later on in the millennial kingdom, but we are also right now in this world in which we live. We are now, that's who we are. Uh, if Satan can't keep you from getting saved, then what he wants you to do when you get saved is just get some fire insurance and sit down and, and just try to hold on until the end comes. And uh, that's not why God saved us. I mean, obviously, he doesn't want anybody to be lost or to perish or to go to hell. But God also has some wonderful things for us in this life. And the whole creation right now, according to the scripture, is groaning and travailing, wanting, desiring for the manifestation of the sons of God, the sons and daughters of God, the children of God, for us to arise and be who we're supposed to be, to go ahead and exercise the, the, the opportunities and the benefits that we already have. Turn to your neighbor and say, we're already royalty. Amen. We're sons and daughters of the king. Amen. How many of you say you're, you're a child? Then you're a son or a daughter of God. You are already royalty. And listen, folks, we, we've got to stop acting like we're just poor old pitiful sinners, just barely saved by the grace of God. And we're just going to barely get in by the skin of our teeth. No, that's not who we are. We're already royalty. And, and, and when you recognize that, when you recognize who you are in Christ now, it changes the whole way that you deal with life and its problems. Let, let, me, let, let, me, let me give you an example. The, the, the Queen of England, the Queen of England, when she, uh, when she gets in a, her uh, automobile and gets in her motorcade and she's riding on it and crowds of people are everywhere and the streets are filled and, and people are waving and, and uh, she rides along in her car and she, you know, you know how she does. She, she just kind of gives it this, looks out the window and kind of gives it this, kind of gives it, 
You know, well, let me, this may be revelation for some of you, but everybody don't like the Queen of England. That's true. Everybody doesn't like the Queen of England. In fact, there's, there's a whole movement over in the UK that would like to do away with the whole royal thing altogether in the royal family. But it doesn't bother the Queen of England when she's in the motorcade. You know, they may be people out there in that crowd cussing her. Now, what would you think if she stopped the car and jumped out and grabbed some woman by the hair of the head and they got in a scuffle right there on the side of the street and started cussing at each other? She doesn't do that. You know why? Because she recognizes who she is. She don't care if they're cussing. She doesn't care if they like her or don't like her. She just rides along and says, Amen. I, I decided I decided a long time ago, I, I, I want everybody to like me. And I, I would really rather everybody love me. But I got sense enough to know you're not going to get in through this life and everybody like you. It just doesn't work that way. You know, there's some people don't like short people. They, 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 they somebody don't like old people. There, there's some there's, there's always there's and there's some people don't like every decision that I make and everything that I do. Some people don't like things a lot of things about me. They, they, there's some people that 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 lie about me sometimes and and, and say horrible things about me. And, and, and listen, folks, if when when you realize that you're a child of God, you'll stop letting this stuff irritate you. I, I learned a long time ago that I'm a child of God. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what somebody says, or whether it's true or not true, whether it's whether it's pretty or ugly, or whether, what. I've just decided, as as a child of God, you can say whatever you want to. I'm, I'm going through this life like this. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. I'm the I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. I'm an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. You can like it or not like it. That's okay. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tie my time up worrying about little old insignificant stuff that's not gonna be worth a hill of beans and won't even be remembered five years from now. Amen. Forget it. Glory to God. Press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And let's run this race and, and win the victory for the glory of God. Well, praise God. Let's get to the message this morning. Here's where we left off last Sunday morning. Here's the last scripture I use. It's in Galatians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. I want you to look at this. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Here's the reason. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Just leave that up there a few minutes, if you will. Here, here's, like I said, here's where we left. I talked to you about the blessing of Abraham. And I hope I don't need to go back and try to convince you that the Jews are blessed. How many of you recognize that Jews are blessed? They just are. I read you last Sunday a whole bunch of nations, a whole list of them. And I told you the very almost insignificant in some cases, 
a number of Jews there were in the population of those countries. And I told you the magnificent amount of wealth that they have or control in those nations. It's amazing. You, you, you study it worldwide and, and there's, there's nothing else it compares to. No other people group on earth that compares with that. Where do you think that came from? That is part of the covenant that God made with Abraham way back in the book of Genesis. And God said that that is an everlasting covenant. You can like Jews or you can hate Jews. Doesn't make any difference. They're blessed. They just are. There is a covenant blessing that belongs to them. And, and I, I don't have time to go through all the blessings. Notice in this scripture, the word blessing, it's singular, not plural. That, verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Christ Jesus is the way it's going to happen. Now, I gave you last Sunday about seven of the blessings, plural, the different blessings that, that the Jewish people have because of their connection through the bloodline to Abraham and that everlasting covenant that God gave to them. But the blessing in embodied in the blessing, in other words, that's the covenant blessing. God said, you are blessed. And when God says you're blessed, you're what? Blessed. You're blessed. Okay. That's the blessing. If you have the blessing, then you can activate the blessings, plural, depending on what you need in the situation that you're in. Now, we, most of us are probably Gentiles. If there's any Jews here, welcome. We're glad you're here this morning, but the majority of us are Gentiles. In other words, I do, I cannot claim the blessing of Abraham through my bloodline in the natural, but something happened that brought me into that blessing on June the 18th, 1957. On June the 18th, 1957, on the corner of 25th Street and Bowen Boulevard in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, I knelt on this side of the church right down on the front at the front seat. And I gave my heart to the Lord Jesus. And I was born again. And when I was born again, the blood of Jesus washed all my sins away. Not only were my sins washed away, but I was born birthed into the family of God through the seed of the word of God and the work of the Holy Spirit in my life, I became a son of God. And in so doing, listen, folks, this is not mythology. This is not, this is not bedtime stories. This is an actual event. This is what happened. My, my spirit man, which is the real me, I am a spirit, I have a soul, and I live in this body. My spirit man was born again, and <laughs> I became a child of God, and in doing that, I was regenerated. In other words, if you check my DNA this morning, and all of you that raised your hand a while ago and said you've been born again, if they check your spiritual DNA, you are a child of God. 
you have the DNA of your elder brother who's at the right hand of the father this morning, Jesus Christ. And when God regened you, that's what regeneration really is. When he regened you, he gave you a new DNA. (laughs) You You went right into the line of Abraham through Jesus Christ. And so you can declare this morning that you are a recipient of the blessing of Abraham. Amen. Let that sink in. Amen. Go ahead and give God praise for it. He's worthy of it. That's what happened. Here's the problem. Until you know who you are and understand how to activate from that blessing the blessings, plural, that you need, then you'll continue to lack and do without. There's a lot of people that are born again that have needs in their lives that aren't being met. And it's because they don't know how to activate the blessing of Abraham in their life. Now listen, for a Jew, for a bloodline Jew, the blessing of Abraham is there and all they have to do to activate it is study and work hard, apply themselves. All Jews are not wealthy. There's some Jews that don't apply themselves and if they don't apply themselves, it's just like everybody else that doesn't apply themselves. But when they apply themselves, they activate that blessing and that's the reason they excel above other people who are working right alongside of them that don't have that blessing. Now, we're coming to this morning's message because I want to tell you this morning how you as a Gentile who has been born in to the blessing of Abraham through salvation and the new birth experience, how you activate, how do we Gentiles activate that? Put that scripture back up there again, if you will, that last one that we looked at, because here it is, look at here that we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Say the promise of the Spirit. Say it again. That Spirit is capitalized. It's talking about the Holy Spirit. Now, I I was praying about this this week. I said, Lord, I I feel it in my spirit, but I I don't know how to explain it exactly. Help help me to give me a picture so I can, or a, a, a word something so I can explain how the blessing put you in position to activate the blessings. And, and, and I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, it's just like receiving the Holy Spirit. When you receive the Holy Spirit, you have received the gift of the Holy Spirit. How many understand that? That's a gift from God. When you receive the Holy Spirit, you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. But when you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, did you know that the gift of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit himself, has many gifts resident in him. Did you know that? We've, we've talked about those gifts. We've preached about those gifts. We've studied those gifts. And, and somebody said, preacher, what's the, what's the best gift? Well, in my opinion, the best gift is the gift that you need at the moment. That's the best for you right then. For example, if you need wisdom, the gift of wisdom is the gift that would be the best for you right then. If you need knowledge, the gift of knowledge would be the best gift for you right then. 
If you're sick, the gift of healing would be the best gift for you right there. Do you understand what I'm saying? But all of those gifts are resident in the Holy Spirit. And what you have to understand is that, that those gifts can be activated in your life. They can be manifest. In fact, the Bible tells us that we ought to seek earnestly the best gifts. We ought, to, we ought to ask God for the manifestation of those gifts when we need them. It's the same way with the blessing of Abraham. You have the blessing of Abraham through the new birth, but it is activated through the power of the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Glory to God. A lot of people have, have, have not yet learned, but you're going to learn in this and, and, and God's going to help you because this is the way the manifestation of the sons of God is going to happen in these last days. It's going to come through the power of the Holy Spirit. So let's look at the word of God and look at the Holy Spirit. I'll be talking about this for the next few Sundays. Number one, the desire of Jesus for us to have the fullness of the Holy Spirit. I want to look at that. I want to look at the desire of Jesus. For us. Did you know that Jesus desires for you to have the Holy Spirit? He desires for you to have the Holy Spirit. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, it's not, it's not because the Lord doesn't want you to. In fact, Jesus really wants you to. Let's look at the testimony of John the Baptist. Remember John the Baptist? He's the man that God sent to prepare the way for Jesus. He was, we call him the forerunner of Christ. He came before Jesus and he prepared the way for Jesus. Here's what John said in Matthew 3, 11, He said, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Now, how many of you know that for God to, for something to be true from God, he only has to say it one time. You understand? If God says it, that, that's it. In fact, Genesis 1, 1, God said, let there be light. There was light. That's all he had to do, just say it one time. But when you find in the scripture, God repeating something for you that boy you really need to set up and take a look at that because when God puts it in there more than one time and God put this in here several times let's go to Mark chapter 1 verses 7 and 8 and he speaking of John the Baptist preached saying there comes one after me who is mightier than I whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to stoop down and loose I indeed baptize you with water but he'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit Look at Luke chapter 3, verse 16. John answered, saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Do you get the idea that Jesus may have a baptism that he wants to baptize with? John said, let, let, me, let me introduce to you who's coming. There, he's bigger than I am. He's mightier than I am. In fact, in one place, John said, I must decrease. He must increase. Jesus, he's coming. He's coming. And I want you to know when he gets here, I'm baptizing you in water. But when he gets here, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Praise God. Woo, glory, glory. Now, let's look at the Holy Spirit in the life and the ministry of Jesus. Now, I don't, I don't have time to to really go into this like I'd like to. 
Uh, maybe I'll come back to it at a later time. But I want you to understand that when Jesus came to this earth, when he was born in Bethlehem of Judea, he left the jewel deck throne of glory, seated at the right hand of the Father, part of the Godhead, God the Son. And he came to this earth and took on flesh and became a man. We refer to him as the God-man. There was a reason for that. Well, several reasons for that. The main reason, of course, is so that he could be the perfect sacrifice and satisfy the justice of God through the judgment of Calvary. He had to do that so that you and I could be saved. Without that sacrifice, there is no salvation for us. So that was the main purpose. But there was also an additional reason why Jesus came to this earth and did that. Jesus came to this earth so that he could taste death for all of us. So that he could be tempted in all points like as we are. So that when we go before the throne of grace, we have a high priest at the right hand of the Father who has been tempted in all points like as we are and yet without sin. And he is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. In other words, he understands how we feel because he has been here among us and he's gone through what we go through. And I'm here to tell you this morning, God understands and he knows and he cares. Now for him to do that, while he was very God, he also became very man. That means that the ministry of Jesus on this earth was, was administered through the power of the Holy Spirit. He didn't minister on this earth as God. He ministered on this earth as a man anointed of God. Let me give you, let me give you a scripture for it. Matthew 3, 16 and 17. I want to I look at the, at the, the uh, work of the Holy Spirit in the life of Jesus. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were open to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. John the Baptist baptized Jesus in the Jordan River. When Jesus came up out of the water, John said, this is his testimony. He said, the heavens parted and a dove came out. Dove representing the Holy Spirit of God and descended upon the Lord Jesus. And a voice came booming out of heaven that said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. So you had God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit represented there at the baptism of Jesus. But he is now, as he begins his ministry, he is anointed by the Holy Spirit. Look at Luke 4, 1. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led to the Spirit, by the Spirit into the wilderness. Immediately after his baptism, he started functioning under the direction, the guidance of, and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit led him right from that point, right to the wilderness. Look at verse, uh, verses 18 and 19 of the same chapter 4. When Jesus went into the, to the synagogue at Nazareth, he read this scripture to them. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. 
He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those that are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, if you look at that list, you will realize that everything Jesus read about his own ministry, he is telling us, this is what the Holy Spirit has anointed me to do. And it's, there's not a thing on that list that we can't do under the same anointing of the Holy Spirit. Now, don't let that shock you or disturb you. Think about it for a minute. Jesus called 12 men unto himself and taught them and trained them. And then what did he do? He sent them out to do exactly what he was doing. And that's exactly what they did. In fact, they came back rejoicing. They said, Jesus, you, you can't believe this. The, even the spirits are subject to us through your name. Wow. They were experiencing that same anointing. I'm here to tell you this morning, when the manifestation of the sons of God come into its fullness in this earth, this earth is going to shake under a mighty revival like you've never seen when sons and daughters of God realize who they are and they move under the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit and they arise and proclaim the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ to the four corners of the earth. They heal the sick. They raise the dead. They cast out devils. They move in the anointing and power power of this Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Somebody give God some praise in the house today. Glory to God. Look what Acts chapter 10 verse 38 says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. God was with him. Glory to God. He's not, he's not functioning now as God. He is functioning as the man that came among us who is anointed with the power of the Holy Spirit and God is with him giving us an example so we could follow in his steps. No wonder Jesus said later in his ministry, you, all these things that you see me do, you shall do these same things and greater things than these because I'm going to my father. Amen. <laughs> I'm telling you folks, it, it's going to take a few more weeks probably. But when you get a hold of this, there, there's going to be an explosion in this house. I'm talking about a Holy Ghost explosion. Glory to God. Let me move on. Here's the testimony of Jesus about the Holy Spirit. John chapter 7. I'm giving you a lot of scripture this morning. John chapter 7, verses 37 through 39. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart shall flow rivers of living water. Now he tells you what he's told you. You know, that's the best. They, they, they say for people to really understand what you're saying, you got to say it several times. And so the best way, and you'll notice that Jesus did this a lot. The best way to help everybody to understand in a crowd is to tell them what you're going to tell them and then tell them what you got to tell them and then tell them what you told them. And this, and this is what Jesus is doing here. He's told them about this, this, this river of water that's coming. And, and then he explains it to them. He, he said, 
But this he spoke, verse 39, concerning the Spirit, capitalized, that's the Holy Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Here's what's going to happen. Jesus said, I can hardly wait. I can hardly wait. There's coming a time for you folks that were following me that, 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 that thirst that you got inside of you, that's going to be quenched. And, and there, it, God's going to put something in you. It's going to be like a river of water just springing up. Glory to God. You won't have to be dry and thirsty anymore. You won't have to be down and depressed. You won't have to be gloom, despair, and misery on me. You won't have to worry about it. You won't have to have a complex over all the things that you lack in life. You, you won't have to beat down by, be beat down by rejection and all of that stuff. God's going to put something inside of you that's going to quench all your thirst. It's going to be like a river that's flowing out of you. And with that river flow, he said, I'm talking about the Holy Spirit that's coming. He identified the Holy Spirit. Jesus wants you to have the Holy Spirit, folks. Jesus wants you to have the Holy Spirit. Let me read some more. John chapter 14. I love this. Verse 15 to 17. Then I'll drop down to 25 and 26. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father and he'll give you another helper. Notice helper is capitalized. That's a proper name there. And he'll tell you what he just told you. Just keep reading. That he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells in you and will be with you. And I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. These things... I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Glory to God. Wouldn't it have been wonderful? Wouldn't it have been wonderful to have lived 2,000 years ago and been in that inner circle of people that walked and talked with Jesus? heard him speak, saw the miracles that he did and so forth. But that was a limited number of people that could experience that. In fact, he only had 12 in that inner circle that, that traveled around with him. Later on, he sent out 70, and, but, but, but that, that little circle that was with him. But Jesus said, just hold on. You, you, you see, what Jesus did, he just, in his ministry, he just went around helping people. Isn't that true? He, he just went around helping people. Brother Roger, when he saw somebody blind, he just helped them. He just gave them their sight. And, and when he saw somebody deaf, Brother Tony, he just helped them. He just opened their ears so they could hear. When he, when he saw somebody that had leprosy, he just, he just cleansed them. He just went, I read it to you a while ago from Acts, how that God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit who went about doing good and healing all manner of diseases. Amen. He, that's what he did. That's what he did. But Jesus said, now here, here's the beautiful thing. He could only be with a certain little number of people in the flesh. But he said, oh, glory to God. He said, he said my heavenly father is going to send you a helper. Just like I've been helping you guys, the Holy Spirit is going to come and help you. How many of you like to have a helper that just come right alongside, help you with whatever you need? All right, that's that, the Holy Spirit. He said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. 
We call him a helper. In the Greek, that's paraclete. It's paracletus, the helper, the one who comes alongside and helps us with whatever we need. He helps us. Glory to God. I know a man that went back to college late in life after he'd spent the early years of his life in all kind of running and rock and roll bands and so forth. And, and later in life, he got, uh, he got saved and his life got transformed. He wanted to go back to school, went back to school, and he realized he had a brain freeze every time. They, they, they gave him a test. He, he didn't know what to do with it until he got filled with the Holy Ghost. And he started praying over his, his, uh, his exams in the Spirit. And God began to illuminate his mind. And, and he went from way down here to way up here. Amen. The helper came alongside and helped him. <laughs> the helper. You said you'd like to have a helper like that? Why don't you get filled with the Holy Spirit? Amen. That's the helper. Jesus said, I want the helper to come along. Father's going to send it to you. Glory to God. He even helped your memory. I can't tell you the number of times that I've lost something or searching for something and exhausted my efforts and I'd stop and pray in the spirit and God would immediately just illuminate to my mind. I'd go put my fingers right on it. He, he was the helper, glory to God. I got to go on. I could get stuck on any of these and preach for hours. But chapter 15, verse 26 and 27. But when the helper comes, whom I shall send you from the father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he'll testify of me. And you, and you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. It, he said, the helper, one of the things he'll do is bear witness of Jesus. The Holy Spirit always lifts up Jesus. But he also bears witness you, you remember the, the first Sunday when I started this, this message and I was talking about what time it is and we looked at the end time, Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21, when Jesus gave those long chapters of prophecy about the end times. And this is the thing that he warned about over and over and over and over again. He said one of the main signs of the end times will be deception. Watch out for it, he said. Don't be deceived. People are going to come in my name saying they're Christ. They're going to deceive lots of people. They're going to be false prophets. There's going to be false doctrines. There's going to be all kind of teachings that are heretical. And he said, watch out for that. The deceiver is going to deceive many. If it were possible, he would deceive the very elect. But Jesus said, looky here. If you have the helper, you don't have to be deceived. Glory to God. There is no reason for anybody in New Hope this morning that will follow the instruction of God's word and seek the Lord and get filled with the spirit. There's no reason for any of us to be deceived by anything that's coming in these last days. Amen. Because the Holy Spirit will bear witness with Jesus. Glory to God. You'll just know that you know that you know when it's God and you'll also know that you know that you know when it's not. Amen. Glory to God. Wow. Let me go on. Chapter 16, verses 5 to 15. This is a long one. Jesus is talking to his disciples. Now, this is towards the end of his ministry. He said, but now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you ask me where you're going. 
Because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Let me stop right there before we read verse 7. Jesus is not reprimanding them for not asking where he's going. He's simply saying to them, I understand why you're not asking. And here, you got to get the picture. You got to see Jesus has got his disciples around him at this incident. And he's sharing with them, guys, I'm fixing to leave. And where I'm going, you can't go. Not right now anyway. And they were so overcome with grief. In fact, Jesus identified, Jesus said, you know, normally if somebody said, I'm going away, you would say, where are you going? But they were so grief stricken that Jesus was about to leave them that they didn't ask anything. They, they were just, their hearts were just filled with sorrow. Listen, their hearts were more sorrowful than, than you are as a parent when your kid goes off to college or when your kid goes off to the military or when your kid gets deployed to the other part of the world or something. That, get the picture. That's how they felt when Jesus dropped this news on them. He said, I'm, I'm fixing to go away from here. I'm, I'm fixing to leave. And, and look at verse 17. Nevertheless, he said, even though you haven't asked, I'm going to tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. The old King James Version says it's expedient for you that I go away. Some translation says it's necessary. Jesus said it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, who's the helper? Holy Spirit will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me of righteousness because I go to the Father and you see me no more of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he'll guide you in all truth. He'll not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Leave, leave that last part up right there for a few minutes because I'm going to come right back to that in, in just a little bit. But first of all, again, you got the picture. The disciples are, are grief stricken because Jesus said, I'm going to go away. But Jesus said, wait a minute, guys. This is not anything to be down or depressed about. In fact, in fact, I'm excited about it because it, it's, it's to your advantage. I know you don't see it now, how it could be your advantage for me to leave you. But, but you're going to understand it later because when I go see, right now I can only be with a little group. I said a while ago, wouldn't it be wonderful to live 2,000 years ago and been in that little group with Jesus? But what if you'd lived 2,000 years ago and you weren't in that little group with Jesus? Think about that. What would be your chances of being in that group? 12 out of however many billion people there might be on the earth. Jesus said, what's going to happen is I'm going I'm to go to the Father and the Father is going to send the Holy Spirit in this fleshly body that I'm living in, Jesus talking here. I can only be at one place at one time, just a few. But oh, glory to God. Woo, church. When the Holy Spirit comes, glory to God. 
Somebody over here in this corner may need some help. The helper is right over there. <laughs> Somebody back there in the back may need a helper. The helper is right back there. Somebody back there in that corner may need some help. The helper is right there. Amen. Somebody over here may need some help. The helper is there. All of you in the middle may need some help. The helper is here this morning. The Holy Spirit is omniscient. He can be here. He can be across town. He can be around the world. He can be wherever you need him. Give him praise this morning. Oh, glory to God. Wow. <laughs> Woo, glory. The helper, he's coming. And all of you can receive it. Listen, folks, Jesus is so excited. He, he wants you to be filled with the Spirit. Yes. Now, this last part, and the reason I ask him to hold this up here, he, talking about the Holy Spirit, will glorify me. For he will take what is mine and declare it to you. What in the world is Jesus talking about here? here? Here it is. Jesus said, God the Father is going to take what is mine. What belongs to Jesus now? Somebody say everything. Praise God. You're right. You remember what Jesus said? I mean, what the Father said? God the Father said, because of what Jesus was willing to do by giving his life on the cross of Calvary, God has declared, God the Father has declared that I'm going to give him a name that's above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord to the glory of the Father. Amen. In fact, God the Father said, because of what Jesus did in bringing the family to him, God the Father said, he's going to inherit everything. I'm going to give him everything. Glory to God. Everything belongs to your elder brother, Jesus. Remember, I told you a while ago, we're royalty. We've been born again. We've been bought with a price. We glorify God in our body and our spirit, which are God's. We are heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. If Jesus Christ has everything and I'm a joint heir with Jesus, what do I have at my disposal? Everything, everything I need. No wonder the apostle Paul said, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I don't know what you need this morning, but I know one thing, if you're a child of God, that need can be met because glory to God, everything belongs to Jesus. And he said, the Holy Spirit will take what's mine and declare it to you. Glory to God. Let me read the rest of it. The rest of it. He said, all things that the father has are mine. Therefore I say he will take up mine and declare it to you. It's yours. It's yours. It's yours. It's yours. It's yours. Now, now you, you, you've been so blocked up by religion and, and, uh, and fear and doubt and all kind of stuff. It's going to take you a while to get a hold of this. But when you get a hold of it and start walking in it and start seeing it happen, amen, I'm here to tell you, folks, you, there's going to be a manifestation of the children of God. There go. No, the earth is groaning right now, waiting for some of us to rise up into who we are within the Lord Jesus Christ and start acting in the power of the Holy Spirit. Start changing. We're supposed to be changing, making a change. We're not supposed to change with the culture. We're supposed to change the culture. Amen. Glory to God. We're not of this world. We're in it, but we're not of it. We're of a different kingdom. Glory to God. Boy, I just had a thought. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to discern whether it's the Holy Spirit or not. 
I'm going to go ahead and say it. As children of the kingdom, we got no business arguing and fussing, quarreling about any of the stuff that's going on in this world, politically or otherwise. We're of a different kingdom. Amen. 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 I don't, don't mean we don't have an opinion. Don't mean we don't have a strong opinion. Doesn't mean we shouldn't have voted. We should. Amen. But the election's over. Glory to God. I, I, what, whatever they do, burn in the street, whatever, I'm going <laughs> to. Amen. 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 I'm a child of the king. I'm a child of the king. Amen. I got royal blood in these veins. Hallelujah. Don't, you're not going, I'm not going to let the devil sidetrack me into an argument and a fuss and cause me to lose friends and hurt people's feelings and, and all of that kind of stuff. And I, I'm not going to get on social media and ba- I don't care whether you know how I think or how I voted or not. It's none of anybody's business between me and God. I did what I felt like God wanted me to do. It's over. I turned that over to God. I'd still belong to the king. I love you if you're a Democrat. I love you if you're a Republican. I love you if you're an independent. I love you no matter what. Amen. Glory to God. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Filled with his spirit. Anointed with his power. And I'm living for another king. It is a winner. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Stand or I'll never stop. Praise God. Glory to God. Woo. Yes. 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 Glory to God. We're supposed to be showing this world how people ought to act and how people ought to talk and how people ought to interact and how people ought to love one another. Glory to God. We're of a different kingdom. Amen. We're of a different kingdom. <laughs> Uh, now for that blessing of Abraham to be activated in your life as a Gentile we have it through Jesus you're not walking in it unless you activate it by the power of the Holy Spirit because that blessing comes on the Gentiles through the gift of the Holy Spirit Galatians 3.14 That's how you activate it. That's how you get it going. The power of the Holy Spirit inside of you. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit can do all kind of wonderful things. I've shared this story with you before, and I'll I'll probably share it many times again. But many years ago, my uncle um, was a bivocational pastor in Mayodan, North Carolina. He had a little small church that couldn't support him, and he had had to work. And he couldn't find work in the town where he was. And so he is 30-some miles from Mayadan to Winston-Salem. He came and went to work with my dad. And he said, uh, told my dad, he said, Jim, I want you to teach me the heating and air conditioning business. So my dad taught him the business. He worked with dad for a couple years. And dad taught him how to sell, taught him how to install. And, uh, and, and so my uncle learned all that. Went back to Mayadan, set up his shop. Back in those days, you had to make all your own pipes and everything. You didn't have prefabbed anything. So he learned how to do all that. And he was very successful because they needed a good heat and air man in that town. And 
and he sold a lot of jobs and he put, a, put in a lot of furnaces that very first year. But what he had not stayed with dad long enough to do is learn how to do service work. He didn't know how to fix them when they broke. And so the first time he got a service call, he, was, he, he didn't know all he knew how to do was install it, hook it up, make it run. He didn't know how to fix anything. And boy, the call started coming because, you know, mechanical stuff breaks down. Sometimes it don't work right. And I've seen him many, many, many times. It's glued. It's, it's, it's in my mind. I remember it like it was yesterday. I was in the seventh grade and I remember well, my uncle would come in so frustrated. He'd tell my aunt Darley, he'd say, He'd say, honey, I've worked on that thing for hours, and I, I, for the life of me, I don't have a clue what's wrong with it. I don't know what the world to do. My Aunt Darley would say, I know what to do. Let's pray. And she'd get out and pray. She'd start praying in other tongues. She'd start praying in the Spirit. And it wouldn't be but a few minutes. My Uncle John would snap his fingers, jump up from that prayer meeting, get in his truck, and in a few minutes he'd be back with a big smile on his face. God showed him exactly what to do. He was walking in the Spirit working in the spirit. I don't know why everybody isn't hungry for the Holy Spirit. I don't know why every, Jesus wants you to have it as a gift of God. I'm going to be talking more about it next week. I'll tell you how to receive it and all of that. But, 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 right, but right now it's prayer time. I want the prayer team to come quickly. I've already run over my time, but give us a few minutes. Somebody may need to pray. If, if you're a prayer leader, a, a grow group leader, or a connect group leader, or staff member or what, whatever, come, come and help us this morning. Quickly, if you will, please. If you, if you desire to pray, if you're unsaved this morning, come give your heart to Jesus. Be the greatest thing that ever happened to you. You'll be born again and the blessing of Abraham will come on your life. Amen. Through Jesus Christ. And you can get filled with spirit too. We'll show you how to activate that blessing. Make it, make it work for the glory of God. Anybody, if you want to be saved, come on down. Come on down. Somebody will pray with you. Be glad to. If you need healing this morning, you're sick in body, come down. We'll pray for you and believe God to heal you. If you need, if you have needs of any kind, come, whatever it may be. If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, it, ask God for it. It's a gift from God. Come down. They'll lay hands on you and believe God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Whatever you need, the altar's open. If you want to come and just find a place to pray, feel free to do that. But God bless you. In the next few minutes, let's respond in prayer. If you're standing here with us, be praying for these who are coming in Jesus' name. God bless you as you pray.